All right, welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode 14. Um, tis the season, um, you know, Nebraska's home for the holidays, as said the previous episode, th- three years in a row, no bowling. So uh, it was able to get the Huskers jump-started into a good old crouton season. And uh, boy, did they make a splash in that. Um, but before we get into that, let's just uh, go around, check in, see how everybody's doing. Happy holidays, fellas. Drew, I know you just got back from Phoenix, man. How was that? Oh, it was nice, man. Uh, it was way nicer than here. It was about 70 every day. Went on a yep. walk every day. Took a stroller out. <laughs> yeah, it can't beat a good walk every day. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Got how to, long were you down I, there? I was down there for four days. Got to see my dad. Uh, you know, had our little Christmas there. My kid got to hang out in Arizona for the first time and take his first plane ride. Yep. So how did the baby do on the plane ride? He crushed it. Nice. nice, nice, nice. That's I know. I'm about to do the same here in about 45 days with a uh, hard new kid. So I don't know if I need to slip or some CBD or something or what. But <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. It's legal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's medicinal CBD. You know, it's the new uh, apple cider vinegar. You know, it's like oh, it cures everything. It's like whatever. People really I believe was... in that shit, though. I was really wondering whatever happened to apple cider vinegar just the other day when I was grocery CBD store. took it over, man. <laughs> That's what so. Off to a great start here. <laughs> so that's what happened to it. But uh, yeah. no, Zach, uh, what's going on with you? How's the holidays going? You off work yet or what? No, I'm still plugging away for the for the time being. But no, just yeah. over here, just checking the boxes on family and uh, work Christmas parties here. Just. Yeah, just grinding away on those. And you have your work Christmas party already? No, we're we're doing it late. We're doing it in January. But we had uh, my biggest pet peeve there is biggest pet peeve there is. I don't like (laughs) it. I I don't love it because you know after the years, the the holidays are over and exactly celebrate one. People are like, oh, I'm celebrating Christmas on January 4th with my cousins. Like that's Christmas is 11 months away at that point. Yeah, (laughs) beforehand or not at all. That's it. Like I'm. No, not not the twenty sixth, not the twenty seventh. It's Christmas Day, or we're not doing it. Yeah, they got they have like three grand worth of like raffle prizes at this party though. So yeah, they be treating you guys right. That's insane enough for me to, to make an appearance. You know, Drew, you guys do that with the teachers. You guys got a little Christmas party or anything with the teachers? Oh uh, yeah, my school they they had their own little gathering, but I was in Arizona when it happened, so I don't uh, even know what happened. I, say, I figured you know, their Christmas party was just their two weeks off. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's why you went to school for two weeks off and summers off. <laughs> and and you can watch Bull Mania. I was just gonna say it's about to be bowl season. I'm really gonna uh, nestle myself into the couch there. Yeah. So I sound like uh, I think we're all like Nebraska and staying home for the holiday season. I guess so. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been uh, it's been a big what two weeks since last uh, last time we got on here. It was right after the uh, loss to uh, good old fucking Iowa. Um, but, uh, it's been, been a pretty, uh, big couple of weeks, you know, for Nebraska. Um, we'll get into the recruiting thing, but there's the, the one thing I definitely wanted to touch on, uh, last week, you know, they had the Heisman trophy presentation and, you know, the whole, I don't know, week or two leading up to it was this whole Joe Burrow saga and how, you know, Nebraska didn't offer him a scholarship out of high school and didn't offer him a scholarship when he was transferring from Ohio state and, his daddy played there and his brother played there and his uncle played there. And Nebraska was a dream school and Nebraska told him he just wasn't good enough to be a corn husker. So, I mean, that horse was beat to completely death and mm-hmm. then beat a couple more times. 
um, over the last two to three weeks. So, uh, Zach, what was your take on this whole Joe Burrow saga and how this played out? Well, first off, I, I do want to say that I'm very happy for the kid. Uh, he worked his ass off and trusted his own process uh, for a long time, and it, it's finally paid off for him. So I think he, he deserves everything he's earned up to this point. However, I do need to say Husker fans and beyond, uh, they all need to chill on this topic, like you, like <laughs> you were saying. I mean, it's just been beaten to death, and I'm sick of hearing about it. Is it really that rare that a kid with family ties to a university didn't get, quote-unquote, recruited by that university? Right. Exactly. Because unlike you said, let's not forget, Langsdorf did offer him a scholarship out of high school, and he chose Ohio State over us. Yeah, like a normal person would. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> and, and no matter what you want to say, no matter what you want to say, we didn't even sign a quarterback in that 2015 class. Right. And then, you know, as we have to, we moved forward. The next year we signed P.O.B., who was a much more highly touted quarterback than him. Sure was. The year after that, Jebbia even more highly touted. And then the year after that, 2 a.m. Right. So, you know, when it was time to, um, for him to transfer, this is a three-star guy who chose a different school over us that is now in the transfer portal or whatever it was, was called or wasn't called back then. We had to have felt pretty good about our quarterback room at that point in time. So yeah. when you look at it that way, you can't really blame us for, for kind of looking the other way because, I mean, there wasn't really a need to, for him to come in here. Right. And so – I don't know. He, I mean, he just he ever that highly sought after uh, compared to the quarterbacks we had in that room. But, right. you know, a lot of people don't see it that way. They it's pretty much a made up rumor or a made up narrative that's just gotten old and we all just need Got to get old over real it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, Drew, what would you think of this whole uh, whole debacle here? <clears throat> yeah, uh, my viewpoint's a little different. It's more like uh, for me, if I was recruiting as a recruiter, trying to find good players it's like I would exhaust you know every avenue or mine every vein it's like this dude has all the lineage in Nebraska you might as well offer him Ohio State offered him you should just offer him too yeah Ohio State came in late though and it was from I believe it was from uh old Nebraska coach I believe Tim yeah was the one that uh randomly saw some film on him and uh Ohio player of the year he was the Ohio player of the year it's like I mean Ohio produces some good football players you're the player of the year I mean, come on, you're going to Ohio State. But I we did offer that, him. But we did, did offer we? him out of high school. Yes, we did. I thought the narrative was that we didn't offer him out of high school. We didn't no, offer we him didn't, when he graduated. We didn't sh- no, we just didn't show him any love when he was ready to transfer. And there was all those all the buzz about him potentially coming here when there was actually no buzz at all. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, my biggest issue with the whole thing is this, uh, how he came out on that ESPN interview and said, uh, you know, they told me I wasn't good enough. It's like no fucking coach has ever said mm-hmm. that to a kid. No coach has ever said that, that you're not good enough to come here. No coach has ever said that to a kid. So to make up that lie and just make us look worse is stupid. And then, you know, then it comes out and it's been circulating everywhere of uh, freezing cold takes. You know, Scott Frost, what do you think? Joe Burrow's better than what we got when we had Adrian Martinez. And guess what? Who was who was on the preseason Heisman uh, list to, uh, this year? Yeah. It, was Joe Burrow on there? Nope. Or was nope. Uh, Adrian Martinez on there with the third highest uh, uh, odds to win the Heisman? So it's like hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I get it. Yes, he wanted to come here a little bit, and we didn't get him here, and now he won the Heisman. It's like, you think he'd be winning the Heisman here at Nebraska? Nope. Fuck well, no. Fuck <laughs> but, no, he won it. <laughs> it's funny, though, too, because remember there's a rumor that maybe Jalen Hurts was going to transfer here either. And right. we, we didn't really offer or even attempt to get either one of them. It's just kind yeah. of funny that both of them had like career years and we had kind of a sophomore slump down year. 
Yeah, and not, I mean, look at his numbers last year. Adrian Martinez was clearly, but hands down, better the better player than him last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know? absolutely. And you know, it. And for me, that little statement about oh, they told me it was good enough. It makes it hard for me to root for the guy. Um, and I, you know, that aside, I don't think he's going to be a bust in the dra- in the league. You it's think like, he's going to be? This guy's a one year wonder, man. I mean, not that one year wonders haven't panned out ever, but uh, you know, it's. It takes a lot to go to a terrible team, which he's going to be going to the Bengals, which are horrendous, and trying to turn that around. It's like at LSU, you're stepping on the field, and you got five stars everywhere. You got the old Saints, a play caller that's just scheming motherfuckers up for you. Right. And, you know, the quitter is a big difference because last year was a different dude. This year, they're just shredding. Exactly. And what is Joe Brady, I believe, is the LSU offense coordinator. He's the old uh, passing game coordinator for the Saints, Drew Brees. So. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't see this guy at the next level, um, especially taking over a, you know, a team that's what, they won one game this season, the a, Bengals. A, yeah, a downtrodden, yeah. destitute, defunct franchise. Yeah, who was, who was the last top three quarterback to come in and be worth a shit? It wasn't Andrew Trubisky. Yeah. Cam, Cam, Newton, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, right. exactly. And they've been in the league for, what, eight years? Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to come in and be that big, uh, high draft pick and turn – turn around a team that's been historically bad. You know, the Bengals are historically bad. And so I just don't think that he's going to pan out in the league. And, you know, it's, it's good for him to see this, you know, see him playing well this season. And, you know, I like LSU Yeah, and it's good. And especially when they beat Alabama, you know, that the whole, whole country can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who well, doesn't they're, like it when Alabama yeah. loses? Yeah. They're when Alabama to loses, the whole team, the whole country wins. So. <laughs> So I think we can agree on that, but no, it was just a uh, just an annoying narrative the whole time about here and hearing about Joe Burrow and oh Nebraska didn't want him and it just and they had that little picture of him and his daddy and his uncle out on the field and just yeah it it I don't know, it rubbed me the wrong way so it is what it is it's over they're you know they're going to the CFP where the they're gonna end up getting uh, exposed by either Ohio State or Clemson you know gonna get boat raced by them so but. Uh, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But uh, back to the uh, topic at hand here, uh, recruiting season. Now, coming into what, the last 10 days ago, um, Nebraska was sitting at about, uh, I think, 12 or 14 recruits. 13. Uh, 13, 13 committed 13 players recruits. as of December 10th. And you know what? And, and they started, I felt like, just trying to like fill roster spots. You know, they got that dude from uh, France or whatever, uh, Aho or that, you know. Junior Aho. I turned on his highlight film, and I was like, this dude is, first of all, this ain't even game film, and he's <laughs> on a dirt field against seventh graders. Like, uh, this is this who we're handing out scholarships to? This ain't fair up there. Exactly. It's like, damn, brother, has this brother ever played in a real game before? So nope. I was getting pretty concerned, I think, along with the rest of uh, Husker Nation about uh, where the recruiting class uh, was standing at. And then uh, the big commitment, uh, the first domino to drop was uh, Omar Manning. And my man, that was, my man. That was our, our guy, the number one guy on uh, Nebraska's big board. Uh, Juco wide receiver, 6'4", 225, runs like an antelope. Um, so that was the first domino to fall. And then, uh, boy, did they start to fall after that. Um, you know, Zach, I went Wednesday, yesterday, um, you know, he emailed me in the morning, like, you ready for today? And I'm like, oh, sh- Yep, ain't doing no work today. Got ESPN on, <laughs> uh, got the r- local radio station on, you know, got the 24-7 up, you know, to start tracking. 
And then uh, what, what's the old boy's name? Jaden Francois situation happened right, first thing in the morning. Really got and, us kicked off with a, with a boom. <laughs> You want to talk about riveting television. I mean, I'm getting guys at work like, come watch this shit in here, guys, you know. And uh, so quite quite the way to kick off the morning. But um, uh, how, Zach, what would you think of uh, where Nebraska started at last week and kind of where, where we've ended up at and the kind of day we had on signing day? I mean, aside how from How we that, closed very strong. Yes, we were. We were definitely getting uh, – getting coffee for closers that day um <laughs> yes no I, it was it was a really really good day for us you know we kind of saw the writing on the wall with Caden Johnson the night before so that wasn't yep. too big of a surprise to flipping to Wisconsin yeah and then um we uh we were kind of hoping to, to flip that Miles Slusher who ended up going to Arkansas right uh, from what I hear he wanted to to stay at to stay close to home um being in uh, I think it was Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, and so, aside from that, uh, we we went in to Florida and completely just made the clean sweep. Oh and, man! And you know that ruffled a lot of feathers down in the southeastern part of the country, and it was really good to see because you know we're going to talk about it, but you know our our national brand is still out there, and and mm-hmm. it was you know we we were definitely closing, and we we closed out a pretty impressive uh, recruiting class, one that. I'm probably more excited than I was uh, last year and we actually finished lower um, this year than we did last year. But um, something that just sticks out to me, I saw that uh, maybe I wouldn't have guessed this before December um, is our success rate on four star official visits. Right. When frost and staff go into an, a four stars home for an official visit or when mm-hmm. they come here, he's closing 63.6% of the time. Well, goddamn. And <laughs> Pelini was a 40, 39, Solich 29, Riley 28. And then that's some other stats there for you. Yeah. The, and then just to take that's it a step work. further, because you know how I feel about zero, one, and two stars. Oh, it's yeah. not Love it's not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> average official visits used on zero, one, two stars per year. Solich was at seven and a half. Callahan was at six and a half. Pelini was at 5.3. Riley, 3.3. Frost, 1.3. So All right. we are going after quality players, whether we wanted to believe it or not in November and early December, but you, you got to trust the vision with what he's done the past three years. Yes. You know, Frost said that, uh, you know, we were, he was a little worried, but, uh, you know, they bet on themselves and, uh, and, you know, they came out on top. Um, Drew, while you're down there in Arizona, were you able to uh, take in the uh, signing day uh, fiasco and uh, whole situation there on signing day? I didn't get to see it live. I did read about it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's young people, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess the situation was, I guess the uh, Miami coaches had told told him that uh, Travis Fisher, you know, the defensive back, a.k.a. his position coach, was actually yeah. going to be taking a new job after the season. Do you know and, where it was? Uh, no, I didn't know. Where they it say? was Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. Well, yeah. Oh, man. Be, yeah. Yeah. Which so, is kind of random, right? Or is there a yeah. connection there? I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Travis Fisher is from, uh, from North Florida. so um, I Maybe it could be from when Travis Fisher played in the NFL or something. Yeah, I don't know if he knows a guy or played with a guy or whatever. But, uh, you know, that guy, whatever they're paying him, they need to go ahead and up his salary because uh, for what oh, yeah. went and did down in Florida, I mean, yeah. you know you're doing a good job when uh, people are, you know, blue check mark people are accusing you of uh, cheating. 
You know, <laughs> it's not just uh, you know Joe Blow, you know, with an egg as a Twitter handle. It's it's a uh, it's a certified Miami Herald reporter. You know, uh, you know, thinking Nebraska got the bag man out. So, <laughs> but um, blue chip style, exactly. Yep. So, um, going into the recruiting style, what what positions for you guys were the ones that we needed to fill and address the most uh, going into the recruiting cycle? Drew, what what position? Nebraska need to address right away this this recruiting well for me I think they need to uh continue padding the wide receiver room but also linebackers slash pass rushers we need to get way better to those dudes on campus get them on the field got to and you know I think we did that obviously our top recruit was Omar Manning and uh you know I think that makes the wide receiver room are better already you know just with him stepping in there and kind of and I think it helps that he's a JUCO it's not yeah he's an older player yeah, he's not a true freshman stepping in there and trying to, you know, uh, step into something bigger than he's used to. So I think the little experience helped him. And then you got Marcus Fleming, you know, certified burner. I mean, he's a 10-100 meter dash guy. So uh, he's stepping on campus as the fastest dude on the football team already. And then kind of got an inter- interesting prospect, uh, Alante Brown out of uh, Connecticut. You know, he went to a prep school out there. So um, number one prep school in the uh, prep school player in the country. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not sure what kind of competition he's playing yeah. against out there, but um, he's a four-star guy, so it's like, you know, with uh, those three guys, and I'm hoping that maybe sways uh, J.D. to uh, come back. It's like, here, this is going to lighten the load on you. And we got yeah. some running backs, and now Wondell is going to be full-time receiver now, and then all of a sudden you're now looking at it, and it's like, is wide receiver one of our stronger uh, rooms at Nebraska, you know, with Wondell, J.D., Omar, Fleming. So it's Xavier like, Betts. They, oh, it, yeah, I almost. I, how did I? He's forget? one of our top, top. Yeah. Highly, <laughs> he's our second top highest recruits. rated recruit. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, Xavier Betts uh, out of Bellevue West. So I think uh, Omar Manning and Betts step in, and they're day one starters. Um, and I they think both we have a lot. Size, of, is what we're lacking. We really need that size on the perimeter. Yeah, Maybe that's what I was going to say. The, the I think the thing that we harped on all season was the lack of uh, size, mainly height on the outside. And uh, Manning stepping in at six four, and Beth stepping in at six two. Um, I think it's really going to open up the underneath for J- JD and Wandell. But uh, you know, Drew mentioned uh, the pass rushers. Zach, what did you think of the pass rushers that we got this class? Um, I well, think you know. We... Go ahead. No, I think uh, I mean based on the original question. You know, obviously the receivers and linebackers were were the right. positions of need. Um, as far as linebackers um, or pass rushers, I guess, you know, I, th- I think we got some guys that, you know, are, are a little bit raw coming in on, um, right. that are they're going to be playing defensive end eventually. Um, but one one linebacker that I'm, I'm really, really excited about and another guy that we got down from Florida was Keyshawn Green. Absolutely. Um, oh, I, dude, I, yeah, I love that guy. I looked at I looked at his film, and you know, it's a highlight tape, so you really only see his own highlight tapes. There's a lot more to, <laughs> to tell the story. However, Great. based on what I saw from him, you know, that that's a guy that's got incredible instincts on the field. You know, he sniffs out plays and reacts very quickly. He's un, he's got unbelievable closing speed and uh, he's a really, really good open field tackler. And that's something that have been missing for quite, quite some time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, whatever, whatever, however <clears throat> he molds into his career, I think that he's going to be a guy that we're going to we're going to hear about uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, and he's got that uh, ideal body type that you're looking for for that outside linebacker position, which we discussed at nauseum the whole whole season about, uh, you know, when you're running a 3-4, that your outside your whole defense is predicated on, 
your uh, outside linebackers being able to get a pass rush. So, um, you know, he certainly fits the bill as, uh, you know, body type wise. And I think, you know, it helps push, um, you know, Caleb Tanner, you know, ahead of him. And what's um, Nelson's going to have another year under his uh, belt. So I think Mm -hmm. that uh, hopefully that position is a, uh, is uh, upgraded from last year because last year um, we didn't get hardly anything out of that, uh, out of that spot. So um, I don't know. I mean, do you guys think with uh, the young guys and coming in for the wider series, do you think that helps sway JD to stay or um, you think he's maybe made up his mind or he was going to do what he was going to do? Yeah, I think he's I think he's staying and, and Frost got to address it a little bit in his press conference after after the signing day kind of winded down. Um and he said, you know, we're 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 lucky to have JD for another year and I I can't wait to coach a guy who's gonna break the school uh receiving record. So right. just just for him to kind of throw that out there and 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 it wasn't like I mean, he was pretty at ease when he when he discussed it with the media and so that tells me that you know, they kind of want to squash it and just move on. And I hope that's the case because if he comes back and he's got those tall guys on the edge and then he's got these younger guys that can, I mean, he's going to, and, and then the experienced tight ends that we have coming back, you know, he could have a huge year as that like lead guy at the receiver in the receiving room. Um, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of more, a lot more weapons around him than there were this last year to, to get him open and get him in space and things like that. Yeah, I think um, you know if these if Omar Manning and uh, Betts are who we think we are, who who we think they are, I think that this is going to be the best receiving core we've had since uh, uh, I don't know, maybe back when we had uh, Purify, yep. Terrence Nunn, Todd, uh, was it Todd, Todd Peterson? Peterson, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, who else? Uh, France Hardy, I believe, was the fourth receiver. Yep. Um, so I think that was probably <laughs> our top because um, what's his name was the very. Our Manning, um, Maurice Purify, yeah, yeah. Maurice Purify. That's the last oh, yeah. like, big physical receiver that Nebraska had. So Anunua, yeah. Anunua was kind of that way yeah, too. Yeah, he, bit, didn't really he wasn't quite as way, tall though. though. Yeah, right. Anunua so, and Morgan were kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, but those guys are six foot. You know, um, yeah. Purify six. I mean, they're similar to that, like to each other, than they are to Omar Manning. Yeah, so right. I, I think you know to have a big time alpha male out there that corners you know, aren't going to be one to line up against. I mean, you see what those receivers from the Minnesota that did this year. I mean, yep. they had all guys over six, two out there and, uh, you know, helped Minnesota to have, you know, their breakout season. So, um, but you know, recruiting, recruiting, blocking, you know, on the edge that? for the, oh, to help block. Yeah. you know, we yeah, had, we got killed on that all year. Yeah. Let's not even start on the blocking for the notorious, horizontal play as uh my wife call it what i what i loved is omar manning's first play on his highlight tape is him going out and just destroying a corner on a run block really love it (laughs) yeah just pancakes him right on the hash mark it's like damn because yeah that's trying that is uh more than taking the top off the defense um that uh blocking is is so necessary and so necessary to be upgraded for this team so uh, you know, recruiting is, uh, you know, kind of a thing that uh, some college football fans are in. Some people aren't. Um, when, did you, uh, when did you guys start following recruiting? Well, uh, freshman year from, high school. Freshman year <laughs> high school. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was the 1996 Athlon Sports Football Magazine with Jared Tomich on the cover. Yeah. They had the Who was recruiting... the uh, top recruits that year? I don't know off the top of my head, but they had a recruiting... been Amon Green. It was 96. They had the recruiting index in the back, and I'd never seen it. I saw these names and cities yeah. and states, and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know, and that's when I figured out what recruiting was, and then since then I was intrigued by it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think freshman or sophomore year of high school um, is the year that Vince Young was the number one player um, yeah. coming out. So 
I think 2000, 2003, yep. um, coming out of, I believe, Hamilton, outside of Houston. Um, yeah, so, somewhere I'm in Houston for sure. Yeah, so that was kind of when I got into it. And then I've always, uh, you know, followed it pretty closely. And, uh, you know, I try not to uh, get into it too heavy where I, I, around signing day and, you know, when uh, people start to <clears throat> take official visits and whatnot is when I kind of start tracking them. But um, I, you know, I always pay kind of a close attention to it. Do you guys, what do you guys use for your recruiting service? You guys, uh, 24 seven guys, rivals or ESPN. What do you guys use uh, for your recruiting? For me, it's primarily rivals just because yeah. it's been, it's been the constant in recruiting for as long it, as I can. Remember. Yeah. I believe but, it was the number one site. Yeah. I believe. But yeah. Then, oh yeah. It, but it's then, been like, around the whole time, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the oldest one. But I do like 24-7 for their football predictions and how they break <clears> yeah. down all the team's targets and where we stand with them. And then ESPN's recruiting is just trash. Absolutely trash. <laughs> Absolutely yep. trash. I completely so. agree with everything Zach just said. <laughs> yeah. Standard yeah. 7 is cool. Got the composite score and the crystal ball. ESPN yeah. sucks. It's all about that composite score. I, I'm a real big fan <laughs> of that. Um, and the crystal ball thing. It's, uh, yeah. it's nice, uh, nice to have on there. Um, and I think they just do a better job than uh, – than rivals and you know they're usually pretty significant difference too i mean yeah there's just a big in difference. class rank just in class rank what you what maybe what'd you say the class ranks were for uh nebraska uh 18 on rivals 20 on 24 7 20 on espn but yeah this and this how many, year it's, how many tens how many four stars do we have from rivals was it 10 still there it was 10 yeah okay so i i, so I feel like it was a lot more similar with 24 7 and rivals for our class this year than it has been in past classes yeah so it's, you know, it is what it is, but uh, it's, uh, it was good to see, you know, what, what do we start the week at, at 30 of the class rank or whatever? And at one Not point, I think, we, I think uh, at one point we got up to 17 was the highest I think I saw us for 24 seven. Um, and rivals, we were, we were going to sniff that, that 15 range if we had, uh, if we had flipped uh, slusher. Yeah. So, you know, we got a lot of, uh, you know, like we said, we got uh, 10 four-star guys, which was the highest Nebraska's uh, had since, what, the 2005, you know, the, uh, the first year Bill Callahan, you know, the Golden Gym. Oh, yeah. Class where two five-stars and then a bunch of other r- really top-end players. Uh, Philip Dillard uh, was part of that class. Harrison Beck was part of that class. Um, bunch of number, guys like yeah. that. Um, Harrison Beck, the number three quarterback in the nation. Yeah, him and uh, I remember watching the All Star game, and he was quarterback in one team, and Mark Sanchez was quarterback in another team. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, "Man, you know, we got one of these guys. You know, I'll, I'll take Harrison Beck." And then, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez went on to uh, do his thing, and Harrison Beck, you know, came to school wearing uh, women's jeans and just did <laughs> total, you know, that because those were the days when uh, you know we were in in college. So it was like, yeah, he was he was shooting guys. a shot. <laughs> yeah, you're running into these guys at parties and shit, and. I mean, just couldn't be any bigger piece of shit. I mean, what what a guy. Um, and if you if you haven't seen Harrison Beck lately, uh, I, I want you to go ahead and Google Harrison at Beck. QB and, lesson. Uh, at QB oh, lesson. Oh man, yeah. he is uh, he is uh, completely went off the deep end. You, you'll um, go down a weird, really weird rabbit hole with that one. Yeah, uh, if you like seeing three hundred pound dudes and cut off. Uh, undersized shirts wearing make America great hats running quarterback <laughs> routes. Um, no, he, so he's uh, throwing at a, at a soccer goal. Yeah, It has like an uncle Rico, Jared Lorenzen mashup. Yeah. Feel. <laughs> it makes yeah. me think it's like, is he serious or is he, is he just, uh, no, he's, he's, he's lost his goddamn mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely has. And then you see Mark Sanchez, he's in a suit on ESPN. So it's like, it's always, it's always, you know, one extreme over another. So, but uh, quite the guy, but um, you know, with, uh, with this class, you know, there's, I mean, we haven't even talked about the number one recruit that we got the Turner Cochran um, out of Lawrence, Kansas. He's a uh, borderline five-star um, offensive tackle, six, six, two eighty. Um, was he number 35th, 30, 38th in the country. So um, what do you guys think of uh, the Turner Cochran? You think he's, I mean, you think he has a chance to come in and play right away or he's going to have to sit a little bit and wait his turn? Or what do you guys think out of him? I'm hoping that he, he sits a little bit. Yeah. Um, just I, I, we have every single offensive lineman coming back. So why not, why not, you know, bring him up with Duvall and kind of bring him into the system. And when, yeah. it, when it's his time is it's time. What was the uh, big time offensive lineman we got last year? Ben Hart. Yeah, Bryce yeah. Benhart. Yep. Yeah, so between those two, I mean, God, we are good at tackle. Um, yeah. But there was one thing he said uh, within the recruiting process that I really loved. He was like, he, he had committed to us, and he's been committed to us for a while, and other schools were still trying to get him and still trying to sway him, and they were asking him to come to, the, uh, come to their campuses for official visits. And he just told him no, and he goes, that's, that's like cheating on your girlfriend. I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> Yeah, and he refused to, values there. Yeah, and he refused to uh, to take other visits, and we beat out like Ohio State and who was the other? It was like Bama or somebody. Like, yeah, I mean, beat out some big time schools to get this guy, and I think he's the real deal. Yeah, he uh, he sure yeah, seems that way. So um, that was our number one recruit, and then uh, Keyshawn Green, the defense uh, end, was uh, number two. So, um, and then uh, Henry Gray, which I think. Um, you know, quietly, I think he was doing a lot of peer recruiting, the safety yep. out of Florida. Um, I think that guy's got a chance to come in here and play right away. Um, he's got good size, good speed. So, you know, six six foot and, uh, you know, can run and is not afraid to stick his uh, head in there and uh, get a little physical. So, you know, that's uh, been an issue with uh, Nebraska DBs, you know, lately. So um, it's good to see a guy like that come in. But, um, you know, a lot of the uh, publications, newspapers, websites, the radio stations, they do their super six. So I kind of wanted to do that and just kind of go through and see, you know, it's maybe not the six best players, but six guys that you think are going to be the most impactful for this recruiting class. Because, you know, just looking back at the numbers, uh, you know, recruiting classes, you're basically only hitting on half of them. We signed 24 guys. 12 of these guys you're never going to hear from again. Um, and that's just, what the num- <laughs> that's just what the numbers say. So, you know, 12 of these guys um, you're never going to see play. You're probably never going to hear their name ever again after today. <laughs> so um, that's just that's just the how it is. Um, you know, you look, you know, a good recruiting class like the last two years we've had. You know, you look to get about, you know, tw- eight, to, eight to ten um, mm-hmm. and possibly 12 contributors um, and probably eight starters and 12, you know, four more contributors um, out of each class. So uh, I just kind of wanted to go around you guys and see who you guys thought were uh, your guys' super six out of this recruiting class. So, Drew, why don't you uh, – you got your super six ready to go? Oh, yeah. All right. So why don't you go ahead and uh, give us that. Tell us, tell us who you got and why you think they're about to make an impact. Yep. So my super six, I got Turner Corcoran. I mean, obviously, great player, high recruited dude. Yep. Um, a, a guy I like also, just like what Zach was talking about, and you as well, Omar Manning. Stud. Yep. Of course, he's – yep. Keyshawn Green. And I think Manning will – Omar Manning's going to come in, play right away, physical dude, all the things we said. I think that's right. good. Keyshawn Green at linebacker. Um, I could honestly see him and also Ateva Maga. I have both of them in my Super 6. I could see one of them playing on the outside, one of them playing on the inside. 
they're both real physical. And that's what I was really impressed by Keyshawn Green was he was the hammer, not the nail every time. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. And then uh, also I like Logan Smothers. Okay. A quarterback out of Alabama. Yep. yep. And then I also really like Marvin Scott. He had offers from Alabama, mm. FSU, Miami, yep. Tennessee, Michigan. I mean, I like him a lot, too. He runs real hard. Right. Downhill. Top six. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Zach, who you got your uh, top six over there? Well, I'll start with uh, just building off of what Drew said. Um, actually, Marvin Scott, I have honorable mention. Um, okay. I um, I just watched his highlight tape earlier today, and that, that dude is just a bowling ball, and I, I think that uh, he, he might be real nice for us. Um, right. But, yeah, Turner Cochran, number one. Keyshawn Green, two. I've already talked about them. Omar Manning goes without saying. Um, my fourth guy is Marcus Fleming. Um, okay. I think he, I think he might be kind of a JD 2.0, but a little bit faster. Right. Um, I just, I see so much potential out of him. He seems like a really mature dude too. Like it wasn't, you know, when he, he committed late, but I mean, there was, there was never any, any drama with him. It just seems like he's, he's got his head on his shoulders. He's going to, he's willing to come in here. He's willing to work hard. He's got a lot of intangibles that I really like. Um, and he's going to really serve well with this class based on the, the size we have on the outside, he's going to be a really, really good slot guy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one would be Sevion Morrison. Okay. Um, I think he, uh, he's a little bit more smooth, but he's got a similar type of player as uh, Maurice Washington. He That's can kind of do I it all. Like, I felt yeah, like that. He, some. Yeah. He can, he can catch the ball. He can take on the outside. The I, record I, breaker saying, out of uh, Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. Back. He, yep. And I mean, he's, he just seems like a, a stud and he's been committed to us for some time too. And, um, you know, I just, I feel good about him and my last guy. And I think he's going to become a fan favorite real quick is that Nash Huttmacher. Oh yeah. South yes. Dakota. Yes. The I know the coaches, yeah, the, the, the polar, polar bear, you know, that dude it... is a giant and he seems like he's going to be one of those weight room guys. He's going to be, he's already huge. And he's going to have that Garrett Nelson type of mindset where he's going to go out there. He's, he's going to crush somebody. Like if he doesn't, he's, he's going to do it a hundred percent, even if he doesn't get it done. And I just, I like that type of guy. And that's, that, that's the type of guys you need in the locker room along with those skill guys that I mentioned already. So those are my six. Yeah. The Nash Hupmaker um, out of South Dakota, um, you know, nicknamed the polar bear. If you haven't yet, uh, go check out his dad's uh, videos of him, him and his old man in the, uh, in the weight room lifting. I mean, I don't know how old his dad is, but he's probably about 60 years old and he's deadlifting like 600 pounds and him and his dad just going back and forth. And I believe he's got a younger brother that's a freshman in high school that's, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks. But I think the one thing that the coaches like about him most um, is he's a wrestler. He's, yeah. he's like the number three heavyweight in the country. Um, so, you know, that helps friendships use your hands and know how to use somebody's body weight against them, you know? So um, I know that all football coaches like guys, football players who wrestle and this guy's the number three heavyweight in the country. So, um, you know, I think he's got a chance to, uh, I don't think he's going to be playing this year, uh, you know, year or two, I think down the road, I think this guy's going to be a nice player for us. But uh, for my super six, I think, I think we all had Omar Manning. Clearly that was the biggest position in need. Uh, big, big physical receiver. Then I had Keyshawn Green addressing the second uh, position in need. A guy, you know, being able to get out after the quarterback, pass rush, speed guy, 
And then um, I had Xavier Betts, a back at receiver, because it was such a glaring need through the whole season. Um, and I think Xavier Betts, you know, I've seen – I probably saw him play three games this year. And, uh, you know, on the very good state champion Bellevue West team, um, you could just tell that this guy was a fluid athlete. I think he's – like I said, he's coming in with Omar Manning, and those guys are starting day one. Um, now, unfortunately, both of these guys had some <laughs> – some great issues, um, you know, Omar Manning, Xavier Betts. And it's like, you know, you go to a public school in Nebraska, man, you can't, you can't get grades, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, they're saying he's going to be good to go, but, uh, you know, get your shit right. Get your grade right. You can't pass high school, man. Come on. Like, right. I pass high school. I, I know what the bare minimum <laughs> to pass high school is, okay? I, I know exactly what the bare minimum is. It's like, you know, go to five out of seven classes, you know, <laughs> turning homework one out of one out of five days um you know just it's it's so easy so easy anybody can do it so a little concerning that he's having trouble doing that um but and then i had henry gray the uh this, i believe they're gonna be putting him at safety the uh dude from florida um i like i just like his size and athleticism back there and just his mentality and i think he's been the number one peer recruiter too so it also addresses the position need where this guy could be getting on the field right away um, and then, you know, you guys both said Marvin Scott. Um, I, I mean, to me, he looks just like a younger Dedrick Mills. Um, you know, uh, he's five, yeah. nine, five, nine, two fifteen. So he's a short and his, his goddamn uh, neck muscles are just, I mean, top. <laughs> this guy, he looks like he's, only he's a, he's a trap neck. star. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he's a certified trap star. So <laughs> the guy looks like, um, I think, I think he gets a look before, uh, Sevian, uh, Morrison out of. I think this is going to be the running back that uh, is actually going to be the one that's going to be playing. Um, and then the, the my favorite player of the entire class, um, Blaze Gunnerson out of Iowa. Uh, I just I don't know I don't know why it is, but this is my favorite guy in the class. He's our, he's from Iowa, which sucks, but it's always good stealing people from Iowa. So you know, you know you <laughs> he's on the all name help team where you're too. born at. That's your parents' fault. You can't help where you're born at, but. Uh, this guy, you know, when it's time to make a choice, he made the right choice. So he came, <laughs> came on, you know, went like Fiebel and came on West. So um, <laughs> it's and he's, you know, he plays outside line <clears throat> linebacker. He could, you know, balloon up into a defensive end because he's already pretty big. He's six, like five, six yeah, five two fifty, big so, dude, and he, long, long, long arms. I mean, I've seen the highlights of this guy and, um, during games and at camps. <clears throat> just how he uses his hands. He, I mean. He's so good at slapping the offensive lineman hands off. He's got these long arms and able to get that good bend going. You know, that's crucial. Tell him about the good bend for a defensive end, Drew, coming around that corner. Got to have it. You got to have the bend. You got to have the bend and then the turn the corner. And it's like they, they made it equivalent to speed skaters in the Olympics. It's like exactly. that's how I can see that. Oh, yeah. They make the same motion. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's I think that guy is going to be. Um, I think this guy is going to have a chance to contribute. And then, you know, with him and Nelson, you know, at the bookends of defensive end, um, I, I just like the way Nebraska went out and addressed the needs that they, that they had that were so glaring to everybody. And I think that they just did a wonder of uh, addressing all those needs in this recruiting class. Um, any potential, like you said, half of these guys we're never going to hear of ever again. Um, who do you guys think that uh, we have the possibility of uh, just never hearing from ever again? out of this class. Zach, who you got? Come I don't on. know that I don't know that it's gonna be necessarily right away, but I just I don't have the best feeling about Xavier Betts. 
Really? I think that, and, not, and I don't think it's going to have anything to do with on-field stuff. I think it's going to have to do with off-the-field stuff. <laughs> like going um, to school? <laughs> like going to school, the grades, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a lifestyle change for these kids because, you right. know, they, they – I mean, he's not moving far from home, but he's, he's going to have a dorm room. He's going to be, you know, he's going to have to get up and go to classes on his own and not, and not exactly. whatever he's doing now. Yep. Um, and, you know, I just – I don't know. With with stuff like this happening so early, it just kind of makes me a little bit a little bit uh, cautious, cautiously optimistic um, for someone like that. So I don't know. And then Drew, you're not going to like this either. So I'm going against both of you here. But uh, my defensive guy um, is that Ateva Mauga. Ah, oh, I just man. he's just there's just too much of an unknown. I feel like. Yeah. So the the storyline behind this guy is he grew a ton recently. He grew like three four inches and put on twenty twenty five pounds. Right. I feel like a lot of a lot of the recent clout that he's he's taken on <laughs> is, <laughs> is because it's based, based on his his potential and his how his body's changed recently. How is he? I don't know. I just I'm not bought in on that guy. I never was. It's very well documented on Twitter that I was never well bought into that guy. Right. But. It's cool that he got up to a four star and made our bottom line look better. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that wasn't even ranked. And then with two weeks, uh, he went from zero stars to four stars. And yeah, you know, I saw some of his film, and I I could see what people were kind of hyped about. But like I said, it's hype, which you know what what Booby Miles say, hype is unproven or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. It's just hype <clears throat> at this point. But um, yeah, I could see him being a bust for sure. Uh, Drew, who do you got for a potential bust in this class? Yeah, for mine, because you're definitely going to not hear from guys ever again for different reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, There's guys from last year's recruiting class I ain't never heard of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Your Blades or whoever that guy was that plays for somebody else, but we got him on Texas A&M. Yeah. Elijah Blades? He's, Elijah he's been Blades. a part of like half of the D1 schools in the country so far. <laughs> yeah, he went to Oregon for a hot second. Yeah, now he's at Texas A&M, but yeah. But yeah, so for me uh, – <laughs> so the guy that I think that we may not hear from, unfortunately, because I like his potential, I like what he can do, but he's got a genetic hip issue, is Blaze Gunnerson. He's had oh. two consecutive years. Just makes me nervous. I don't want it to happen, but I could see that being a reason why he's a bust. Yep. And then the other guy, Xavier Betts, I had also. I don't want it to happen, but just Damn, exactly. two of my super six? Damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not great, Ted. He's going to be an Amon Green and an Eric Crouch, or he's going to be a David Horn or a Chris Septak. You know what I mean? <laughs> Chris oh, Septak, yes. yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah. you know, um, my two guys, um, I had Sevian Morrison, Jordan, Jordan Riley. Jordan Riley, the uh, – Juco defense tackle out of Garden City, Kansas. I don't think this guy will never see him again. Ever. Yeah. Uh, he's in, he's in over he's in over his head. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. uh he's uh, he's on my printout sheet of recruits we got and this will be the last time I hear or see <laughs> see him. But, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you just need bodies to practice. So, yeah, he's um, got a big one. He's a big body guy. Um, but those two and then um for the, the kind of the gems in here, um the one thing that nobody's talking about is uh, the transfer from Colorado state, the uh, German kid from Norris high school um, went to Colorado state plays offense guard started seven out of 10 or seven out of 12 games at Colorado state. Um, I think this guy is a gym. I think, I think potentially I'm not sure what his eligibility is going to be. If he's going to be able to uh, be immediately eligible, but I think this guy can come in and play right away for us um, be a starter. Oh yeah. Um, he, he is exactly what you want to see. Uh, big barrel chested, big thick thighs, 
And when he knocks a guy to the ground, he doesn't just stand there and patty cake. He goes ahead and nose dies him and fucking finishes <laughs> the guy off. So that's my favorite thing to see at offensive linemen. When you see a guy on the ground and the whistle hasn't blown yet, you better jump on the motherfucker. Like, him. Just, yep. th- this is your time to fucking hurt somebody. Not hurt, <laughs> not injure, but, you know. Put and, little, end put his play. Forward. End yeah, his play. Exactly. And let him know. Dominance. Let him know this ain't it, homie. <laughs> this ain't it. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but I'm referring to him as the German dude from Norris. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, you know, since you guys brought up Chris Septic, um, this was a guy that I had never heard of in my entire life until – I don't know, in the last two or three months. Oh, really? Um, because, yeah, because Nor- or, uh, 24-7, you know, they they put out the uh, top recruits, uh, you know, ever signed, highest recruits ever signed by each team. And as I'm going through it, you know, I'm looking at it. And, I mean, it's a bunch of uh, bunch of nobodies for Nebraska. The top <laughs> recruits ever, I got them here. Uh, number Mar- one was Marlon, Marlon Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Yes. He was a five-star out of North Hollywood. Um, you know, came to Nebraska and – wasn't great. He was good. Um, he was okay, you know. but Dan would have been better. Yeah, he was. He was a good player. I mean, he played all four years, and uh, what he led the nation uh, in receptions as a running back one year from uh, from Checkdown Charlie. Yeah, Checkdown Charlie. We had Captain Checkdown as our quarterback. Yeah. So, and then number two was this Chris Septic, and I had to go into a deep Google search to find out who the fuck this guy was. Um, apparently a tight end from Millard West in 2000. Yep. Um, big body never tight played end either. Yeah. Never played shoulder yeah. injuries into his career. Okay. So he went to high school uh, with my cousin. So I knew about him and I knew the hype cause I was reading recruiting magazines before this, you know? And so I knew, yeah, I mean, this guy was top 25 in the country. Yeah, dude. Never heard from, never to be heard from again. Shoulder injuries yeah. in his career. Yeah. He's probably selling insurance somewhere here in town. Oh yeah, for I sure. Know. Doing a bang up job. <laughs> Um, and then uh, just going to read off the list here, the top 10 guys. Um, then Aaron Green, Baker Steincooler, uh, Turner Cochran, obviously the new signee. Nice. Courtney Grigsby, Tyjon Lindsay, another guy that has I've never heard the name ever, Jason Richenberg. Yeah, uh, he's from Missouri. He was yeah, the number Missouri. one player out of Missouri. My personal trainer went to high school, knew, played on the team, gave me the inside scoop, did, did a, dude did a bunch of roids in high school. Yeah, dominated on the field, and then when he got to Nebraska, he couldn't go to class right, and he was just That'll doing get too you much. Noticed. Yeah, yeah. got <laughs> Got to be able to go to class. Yeah. Uh, so number two, number ten was Lydon Murtha. <laughs> um, so just, I mean, from that list, those are the ta- top ten guys ever signed by. Not ever. Uh, this is going back to 2000 when basically recruiting and rankings started mm-hmm. being an actual real track thing or whatever. So obviously, if it had been back in the 90s, it had been a completely different story. But I mean, these is this is the top ten of the last 20 years. I mean, That's there's no good. one, there's one, you know, absolute dominant stud. You know, yep. Sue obviously, and then, and then like two solid contributors, and then one like so-so contributor. And then the rest were dog shit or never even played. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Green, he, he transferred after he got beat out by uh, Amir Abdullah. Yep. Baker Steincooler, he was, a, he was an average player. You know, he started. Right. He, he was fine. Um, Courtney Grigsby, he was, he was a good player. No, no he, he wasn't. He got beat the whole time he was at Nebraska. <laughs> but he played for four years. He started okay. for four years. He, yeah. so, he contributed. Yeah. He got his participation. He, he was a contributor. Um Tyson Lindsay, you know, he got beat out by a walk-on freshman, uh, Kurt Warner's son, so he had to leave. He took it um, all went home. Lydon Murtha, he was a solid player. Not yeah. great, but solid. He was the uh, player of the year out of Minnesota. Him and um, – <coughs> that was the year we got him and uh, – Nate Swift. Nate Swift. Good old Nate Swift. One of my favorite all-time Nebraska players. He was a gym. Um, 
yeah. So he was a uh, he was a stud. I love I loved uh, <laughs> Nate Swift. Um, but those are the top ten. So I basically go through that to say you know like these rankings at the end of the day, no one would put these guys in their top one hundred players of uh, Nebraska players in the last twenty years. So outside of Sue, obviously. Right. Um, so it's just you know rankings are what they are. Um, you know what do you guys what do you guys kind of think of that top ten and where how that looks for Nebraska? Or what do you think of that rating anyways? Uh, all those players pretty much, I mean, none of them are as good as they're supposed to be. So it just yeah. makes you wonder how we missed so many times outside of Sue. Yeah. Outside of Sue. But then also that makes you wonder if all our best players are none of these guys besides Sue, we must've hit some gems, you know, along the way too. Cause like right. Rex Burkhead, Amir Abdullah, you know, any of those dudes were awesome. And they're a little under-recruited. Yeah. What about, um, you know, on the, what okay. about Kurt, D- Kurt Dukes? Remember, that was a hot recruiting name. Oh, okay. absolutely. Out of North Carolina, yes. <laughs> QB that can all steroid head guys. Yes, uh, ended up transferring to Duke. You know, he was bench pressing <laughs> 405 pounds there, and there was his his uh, call to fame, you know, yep. his, our claim to fame. It was, oh, you got a quarterback in high school benching 500 or 405 pounds. Like, like uh, I don't know. But can he pass? Right, yeah. cool, but he can't throw or run. Yeah, it was like uh, you remember Harrison Beck. His his claim to fame was he could throw it sixty yards with either arm, which very cool. But how the fuck, you know? I mean, can you read a D? You know, that doesn't help you against a zone blitz here. That doesn't help. <laughs> exactly. So it's um, the rankings are what the rankings are. I mean, I mean they obviously bear out for you know when you look at the top hundred players uh, in the country each year. I mean, I'd say about you know, 60% of those guys are going to be your top end guys, guys that are being all conference, all American and drafted, drafted in the NFL. But um, these guys that have come to Nebraska, I mean, shit, did any of these guys play in the league? Uh, Light and Mirtha played for a little bit. Uh, Sue, Sue obviously is playing, but that's it. I mean, yeah, two, nobody else. Marlon Lucky, Marlon Lucky got, a, got like a, a, like a, he got a week long vacation a, with the Bengals. He, he he had a cup of coffee with the Bengals. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. He had a cup of coffee with the Bengals. So Which you uh, know what brings me back to it though is Danny Woodhead, better than all these dudes, but Sue didn't get a scholarship. But but Danny Woodhead would not have I don't know if he would have ended up in the NFL if he would have gone to Nebraska. I think he still would have made it there. I think he's he on he blew up at D two, just blew every record out of the out of the water and and uh, got himself noticed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, after his, uh, you know, fraudulent high school rushing records. I mean, <laughs> I mean hey, D- you, Danny Woodhead's a stud, but it's like, dude, you, you can't be the all-time leading rusher when you're on a Class A team and half your schedule is Class B. It's Scott's you know? Bluff. Yeah, exactly. You, you play Scott's play Bluff Scott... three times a year, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Like, they're watching you're not mileage. Playing... They got that bus yeah. on the lease. That was, you know, now they've regrouped these, all these districts and stuff. So, like, all the Lincoln teams are all scrambled up and whatnot. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I just remember he, because he graduated when we did. And uh, I just remember they were always playing class B schools. And it's like out there padding stats against nobodies, you know. But I um, felt the same way when I looked at his quarterback's yearbook when I was in college. I looked at their schedule. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you guys, you went to to school with his quarterback. Yeah, and he was a cool dude. But uh, yeah. AK, the only guy, the only guy I've ever scored. My only touchdown in high school was a pick six on uh, on Enderley. Derek, was it Nate Enderley? Derek, Derek, Nate, Nate Enderley's. Yep, Nate Enderley's older brother, Derek. Yeah, yeah, and Nate was drafted by the Bears. Yep. Yeah. So yes, um, but uh, you know, it just goes to show that uh, these rankings may not mean anything. They could mean something, but uh, 
it's all about, you know, putting in the work, um, you know, just to kind of harp on that subject more, um, you know, Nebraska for the last 20 years, since 2000, their lowest four year rolling average. So that's four years rolled into one. It's not an average of 37, 39 average, but it's 36. So that's the lowest rolling four year average Nebraska has had in 20 years. So Nebraska has been good at recruiting to put that in perspective. Um, Wisconsin's highest four year running average is 37 and Iowa's is 38. So our worst four year stretch is their best four year stretch. And clearly um, maybe not the all 20 years, but the last 10 years, uh, these programs have clearly been uh, a lot better than we have. So yeah, it just kind of goes to show you that um, it, and you know, do you think it has to do with maybe just lack of identity? Well, no, uh, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. It just means yep. they have their identity, and right. And on top of that, obviously, they have coaching continuity. Right. I mean, Wisconsin kind of is an exception, but you know, they've gone through a few coaches over the past like fifteen years or whatever. But every time that they go through a coaching change, they have the same guys, their interim coach, who also happens to be a legend of college football, in their AD Barry Alvarez. And guess who makes right. the call on who the next coach is? Yeah, I mean yep. that's that's coaching continuity right there. I mean it's exactly. a different form of it, but and and then yeah. and then like I mean we and then we go through coaches and we completely change the whole the whole outlook and scheme and everything oh, yeah. when we go yeah, through different coaching because it's one thing to uh, change coaches, but Wisconsin's kept the same basically the same playbook through. They yeah. had four coaches yeah, in that exactly. time span, and Nebraska has two, but we've flipped the playbook four oh. times. You know, we went from. Uh, into Solich, West Solich in 99 to uh, the West Coast offense, from the West Coast offense to Bo Pelini's bullshit offense, from Bo Pelini's offense to pro to style. Yeah, to a pro style from uh, Mike Riley. And yeah. from Mike Riley to now the spread. So, you know, what people forget is when Riley was fired, our quarterback room was, we were feeling good about that. We had Tanner Lee coming back. We had mm-hmm. uh, POB as his backup. And then we had Jebbia coming in as uh, the third string freshman. So it's like, we were feeling pretty good about where we were in the quarterback room. And then, you know, obviously he was let go and it was like, Oh, we're running the spread now. And neither what, you know, uh, Tanner Lee went to the league early, had a cup of coffee with the Jags. Great call. Uh, <laughs> and, Business uh, P- decisions. Yeah. POB, he's getting some time for Colorado state. And then Jebbia, he got to start the last game against Oregon state and looked our for Oregon state against Oregon. And uh, he ended up looking pretty good through for, I think 300 yards. Um, but so it's like it's just every time we hire a new coach, we're completely flipping our whole uh, identity, and I think that's been the main issue why yeah. these recruiting rankings aren't necessarily equaling final rankings. Well, and long make, story make short, sense. we just we need to give Scott time and see how it plays out. We yeah. can't just keep re- reinventing the wheel every three or four years. Like it's not right. going to work for us. It hasn't worked for us. So these three classes that he's signed, um, they're three of the top five classes we've had in the last twenty years. So. I think that, you know, he's showing one, he can recruit. And now it's just time to uh, show we can develop these guys. Um, I know, you know, I'm not going to get into it too much, but, um, you know, after being down on uh, Adrian Martinez all season, uh, I've kind of hopped back on the the Adrian Martinez train. You know, it came out that he had shoulder surgery, which we all kind of suspected that there was something more wrong than just uh, his knee that was banged up. Um, So he he had shoulder, shoulder surgery. And I think that we're going to see a completely revitalized and dynamic Adrian Martinez next year. So, um, you know, it bodes well when you have a, a, an elite quarterback. So yep. it is what it is. But, um, you know, and then just kind of to last, last little thing I want to add to uh, 
to the recruiting show um, was just how strong the Nebraska brand still is. You know, people, you know, keep asking, you know, I always want to say it's down, Nebraska's down and this, that, and the third. But, um, you know, we're able to recruit nationally. There's not too many teams, especially teams that aren't worth a shit, you know, unfortunately we're five <laughs> and seven um, that can go out and recruit nationally. I mean, uh, I just went through the numbers. Nebraska had uh, 15 of their 24 recruits signed this signing period were from outside of the Midwest. So that's the big 10 uh, states, um, Colorado, Kansas, Missouri. So outside of the Midwest, um, 15 of our 24 recruits came from there. So, and then just to put it in perspective, the rest of the big 10 West are basically who we're competing against Iowa, six out of 20, uh, Wisconsin, four out of 19 and Purdue six out of 30. So, um, those guys are only able to recruit in states where they play at, you know, where people kind of know, you know, they see them on TV because they've come to play, um, in Illinois or Indiana or, <laughs> you know, whatever. So it's like for Nebraska to be able to go recruit Texas, recruit Florida, recruit California, you know, recruit Tennessee. It just, the Nebraska brand's still strong. And I think when people go outside of Nebraska, they end up finding out Drew, you're just in Arizona. Uh, Nebraska has talked about a lot in Arizona. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's 10 I mean, Husker bars in Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think there's more than that. I think it's because, I mean, you're obviously your dad owns the, the one out there in uh, North Phoenix. Moon um, Valley Grill, shout out. Yeah, so <laughs> if you're out in North Phoenix, uh, go out to the Moon Valley Grill. Great place. Ask for Raj. Um, yep. But it's, uh, you know, Nebraska brand is very strong, and we're still recognized because people are saying, oh, well, when these recruits were uh, – are, were born Nebraska hasn't been shit since they've been born. Well, it's like, well, who do you think these recruits came from? They didn't have parents. And it's like, <laughs> guess, guess, guess what their parents saw when they were growing up. They saw Nebraska kicking ass and taking names. So I think that helps a lot is when, cause the parents are like, Oh dude, Nebraska back in the day, man, they were, you know, every week. Cause you know, back then in the nineties, there was only two or three games on and Nebraska right. was one of always one of those games playing Oklahoma, playing Colorado, you know? So it's uh, I just think that the brand is still very strong and shows that we can go recruit on a national level with all the big dogs. So um, anything else you guys want to say about this recruiting class or uh, anything you want to wrap up on the, not just the season of uh, Nebraska football, but our season of recruiting podcast, because we're probably not going to get together again until uh, maybe the, maybe the next signing period in February, but uh, we'll be getting ready for spring ball then. But uh, anything you guys wanted to say or, yeah, cap off I think, this uh, season. Well, going back to the the and oh, the Jaden Francois situation, yeah. um, just something about that really stuck out to me because Taylor and I, you were talking, we were talking kind of throughout the whole thing, and you know, we were kind of questioning what what this guy was all about, kind of mm-hmm. looking at it like a Jameer Calvin type of situation where oh, the guy yeah. couldn't couldn't make up his mind to yep. to do anything, but. Um, Turns out it was, you know, someone in his ear trying to sway him or whatever. And um, I think I think two things came from that. I think that, like, it speaks to his character that he was able to kind of step away, go talk with his family and his coach and, like, do his due diligence and really, like, figure out what was actually happening, call Frost, call Fisher and find out what was going on, and then yeah. come back and make an actual educated deci- decision rather than, you know, getting swayed by some slime ball from Miami who's trying to just close him on the spot. So I think that's uh, the type of guy that, you know, is going to be smart in a, in a crucial situation in a game where he's he's not going to panic. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's going to 
he's he's going to step back and he's going to look at the situation and, and and make a play. So I think we got a good one there. But also mm-hmm. on the other level, um, I think that it may sound a little corny, but it just goes to show you how creating relationships with these kids rather than acting as used cars, car salesmen can do wonders with recruiting. Because right. as you and I saw, Taylor, he was clearly very upset when he got calls at that table. And it's because he was informed that the coach that he had built a, built that bond with was leaving Nebraska. Right. And so when we talk about getting rid of these coaches and everything in the off season, like that's, that's a moment where you've got to look and say, man, are we actually like, is at some point? Yes. The, the, the product has to show on the field. Right. But at least we see moments like that from our, from our recruits and our coaching staff that makes you think, well, maybe we are actually building something here. So yep. that was, that was a situation where it got kind of ugly, but I really took away the positives from it. And, and I look forward to seeing that more in the future. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, just to pity back on that, um, that, um, you know, this is a position coach. So you guys played college football. I mean, your position coach is going to be the guy that you're spending, you know, a majority of your time with. You're not going to be, you're not going to have that relationship with Scott Frost more than likely. You're going to be, Travis Fisher is going to be your guy you go to. Um, You know, I mean, is that how it was for you guys in college? That position coach was the guy that you're hearing most from. I mean, Zach may be different from you playing quarterback, um, but, um, is that is that how it goes, or that's you guys see? <clears throat> yeah, that's who you like. That's who you see the most. You get your orders from your position coach. They lead meetings specifically just with your position. So you're definitely, and when you have like team meetings, you sit with your position coach and position players. So right. that's definitely like your point of contact. And the head coach's orders trickle down to him, and then he distributes them out to his players. Right. You know, and so it's that's why it's so important, and that's why Nebraska makes such a splash because. All the players that we always sign say that we care about them as a person more than just a player. Right. You know, as for as much as, uh, as much as crap as I give Frost um, about uh, his lack of uh, transparency with uh, what's always going on in the program, I mean, no, his players do nothing but speak glowing of him. You know, you can tell that his players all he's got all of their backs and they know it, and that's why why they you know why they fuck with him because he they got he's got their best interests, and when you got eighteen year old kids. You know, maybe this kid's never been out of Florida. You know, it's, you know, we, we all do a little bit of traveling and get, get to go see things. There's kids that ain't never been out of their state. You know, maybe these kids Keish- ain't never been out of Florida. Keyshawn and- Green hadn't seen snow until earlier this month. Exactly. So it's like, and then you're, you're coming out and these, these position coaches, these coaches are going to become father figures to these kids. So, I mean, the relationships they build are very important. You know, it's, they're more recruiting, they're more committing to the coach more than the university, you know? So, um, it's just, uh, it's good to see that we have a good crop of coaches. They may, we, they may not always make the decisions that we like them to see them make on the field. But I think at the end of the day, we have a very, um, good group of men, um, just mm-hmm. aside from coaches, we have a good group of men. Um, so it's just good to see. And I think that obviously, uh, reflects well on, on the recruits. Um, Drew, any, anything, uh, you know, season one, big red revival podcast, <clears throat> I mean, any thoughts or any, uh, last uh, last little comments here. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it was a big step getting the podcast off the ground year right. one. I feel like we got better every episode. Um, so. You know, thanks for anybody that listened. And I'd say recruiting wise hats off to the coaches for closing out some quality players uh, at closing time on early national signing day and yep. themselves and pushing their chips in the table and cashing in at the end. Yeah. And uh, you know, and also I want to piggyback on that and, you know, just thank everybody that tunes in and listens. Uh, 
you know, last episode we tried to give a couple shout outs, but uh, you know, we had some faulty equipment. So next, you know, next, uh, next season, we're going to be doing better, get some upgraded equipment, but uh, wanted to thank, especially our number one uh, listener, Adam Porter, um, tunes in every week uh, religiously, um, gives us a lot of feedback. Um, so I just definitely wanted to reach out and say uh, thanks, thanks to you, Porter, for uh, tuning in and listening. We appreciate everybody that uh, gives us their time because it's something that we're obviously, you know, very passionate about and uh, like, and I hope that uh, reflects through the podcast. So um, any, Zach- uh, any Husker New Year's resolutions? I know mine. I can get a yeah, start if you want. Yeah, let's, I, let's, I where promise, are you going with this? I promise not to panic on recruiting until after early signing day next year. Because <laughs> I was I was panicking really early this year, and I I said some things maybe I shouldn't have, and um I uh, I am eating crow right now, so I will not yep. do that next year. Yeah, I'm gonna try not to uh, drink so much goddamn Kool-Aid <laughs> before the season. But you know, you know, the hard part is is with this recruiting class. Like I'm like, man, you know, well, we maybe we should win the Big Ten West with this. You know, <laughs> like like it's our, it, you know. Like it just, people see it happens. The, people, the bowl games haven't even started. I'm already like, man, dude, next season, uh, Nebraska will be a problem for people. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's, you know, the life of a Husker fan. So, um, but that's it. Hey, appreciate everybody tuning in and, uh, you know, we'll check back in with you guys um, probably for the, uh, the last signing period and spring ball, but uh, happy holidays to everybody. And thanks for listening. Go big Go red. Big red. GBR.